Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Freaky Friday. It's Freaky Friday on Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the Freaks and Geeks episode of 1999 that bled into 2000 here from the Weird House in 2020. Yeah. I am one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phyllis Gov. I don't know if it's going to be 2020 when this one airs. Mm, it might be 2019. It might be 2019. Who knows? Uh, with us today, Becky Feldman. Beck is a writer, performer, um, <laughs> and a friend of the podcast who agreed to join us for this episode yeah. of Freaks and Geeks. Friend titled, of past and future guest, Aaron LaRosa. One of her favorites. One yeah. of her favorites, yeah. I'm so freaky happy <laughs> <laughs> to be here. I am freaky happy to yeah. have you. Um, this episode of Smoochin' and Moochin'. Smoochin' and Moochin', 116. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. I think it's my favorite. Um, I'm going to give a brief synopsis real quick, and then and then we will... Uh, we'll, uh, dive into your love and uh for the show but um after cindy breaks up with todd sam finally asks cindy out on a date i'm sure she tells bill that she has a crush on sam and wants bill to persuade sam to invite her to a party sam neil and bill find themselves nervously attending a makeout party much to Lindsay's disappointment the weirs allow nick to stay the night at their house after nick's father sells his 29 piece drum kit smoochin and moochin aired on july 8th 2000 it was written by steve banos and directed by jake caston steve banos of course is mr cuss that's right yeah. so becky mm-hmm. when did you first watch freaks and geeks i first watched it like when it aired in 1999 um I don't recall it as much as when I rewatched it when my uh, roommate out here had the box set. So that's uh It that's feels like story. most people – it's funny. I think that of the 18 or 17 guests that we've had, 
most people watched the box set, which came out in the early 2000s, 2004, 2005, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Th- mm-hmm. That's how I watched mm-hmm. it too. But I would say that we've had probably three, maybe four oh, people that watched it. That. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I'd say they watched it live. Yeah. No, uh-huh. Which say, is incredible. At least half of our guests watched it live, um, which is tough since the yeah. show bounced around time slots. It had huge gaps and they didn't air some episodes. Yeah. So I mean, I know. definitely didn't watch every episode. Sure. Um, because like back then you didn't like, you didn't realize that episodes were serialized. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so That's I was just true. like, Oh, well, I guess I'll just watch an episode of freaks and geeks. And it, like had no contact. Well, I mean, I did, but you know, cause I was an idiot, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this show didn't have, I mean, it had serialization, right? but right. it wasn't deeply serialized. I mean, there were character stuff that you could jump into and be like, Oh, okay. So Lindsay and Nick are dating or they're not dating or, but it, it didn't really have overt serialization. Right. Yeah. Which the, the back half, Yes, more so did? than the front half. Yeah, yeah. It felt a little bit more like, weirdly enough, you know, there's been 20 years since the show's got on the air, and serialization is secondhand mm-hmm. now in television. It's just obvious, right? Yeah. Um, but here it felt like they had to experiment with it a little bit. So you'd have little things like dropping in that Bill's mom is sleeping with Coach Fredericks yes. in the background of an episode, mm-hmm. just so you can say you, you set that up. Or um, – Setting up this, that uh, Ken is dating Amy mm-hmm. and then hitting that five episodes later, that just little like serialize, serialized things um, that would be a little annoying perhaps if you just dropped into episode 17 and didn't know where what was Ken going on. Yeah, got sure. a girlfriend. There were this like somewhat asexual jerk yep. wound up with like, you know, this yep. really sensitive relationship with a nice girl. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. think that there's certain episodes that are easier to jump into than others. I would say this is probably one of them to a certain sure. degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at least the makeout party feels like something that everyone to some degree either knows or has been to one. Um, maybe a little less so on the Lindsay and, and Nick storyline, mm-hmm. just of people being like, I don't understand what's going on. Plus Nick is doing some straight up strange stuff. And like when he's at her door in the middle of the night oh, in his yeah. underwear, Mm-hmm. It's a lot of weird stuff going on. So you guys have been to makeout parties? Like you were like, "Hey, there's a makeout part." Like, yeah. Stop, Phil. So like a human in. I saw me bragging. I went to one, maybe. But it was called a makeout party. They were like, "Hey, come no, to my makeout." It turned party. into a makeout party. Oh, okay, okay. Now it was like that- it was a party, and then someone pulls out a bottle and it becomes spin the bottle God, and then it turns it. into okay. a makeup party. Right, so now that makes sense. You were very okay. cool. I was, I was not. I remember <laughs> no one time mm-hmm. I ever played spin the bottle. Uh huh. <laughs> was in the I swear to God, it was in the coat room of my temple. That okay, yeah, that's that's where you would do it. Yes. I hear you, yeah. During during a bar bot mitzvah, I don't remember who's uh-huh. who was the B'nai mitzvah that day. Um, I remember, and, and interestingly <laughs> enough, I remember now that we weren't doing real kisses; we were thirteen. These are like maybe kisses on the cheek or kisses on mm-hmm. you know pecks on the lip. Um, the lips, but I remember the two girls uh-huh. who uh, I was I, I spun, and um, they wound up becoming two of my closest friends and oh. most favorite people for a very long period of my life. Spin the bottle, bringing people that, together. Which is, yeah. One of them I didn't talk to for about thirteen. I didn't talk to for about four or five years, and she wound up becoming my girlfriend and one of my favorite people in the whole world. Well, the, uh, that, the other I mean, one was just great. always my friend. So that's there you go. That's the story. I mean, honestly, I have vague recollections of playing Spin the Bottle at one of these parties. You know, I don't remember ever having a seven minutes in heaven session. 
Yeah. Um, so I can't really speak to that really. Um, it just feels like at some point or another, we've been in a basement of some parent's house that is carpeted with wood paneling and someone has pulled out a bottle. I no? mean, maybe. Where did you grow up? At? I grew up yeah, in, New, sorry, in New Jersey, outside Philadelphia. Like Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill. Yeah, Voorhees. Um, <laughs> yes. There we go. Um, yeah. What year did you graduate high school? I graduated in 03. Do you know someone named Adam Weiss? I know too many people named Adam Weiss. This, this is my favorite thing when he <laughs> tries to play Jewish. Oh, so you're, a little, you're a little younger than me, but oh, Adam Weiss you can't miss. Oh, I mean, I... You would have graduated okay. 2000. Well, oh, okay. no, yeah. He's the greatest. Because <laughs> if you had said, do you know Josh Weiss, I would have been like, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, I too, I didn't know six Josh Weiss. Yeah. But um, it's that common a name? Oh, God, in, yeah. In Voorhees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you're, you grew up in just in Jersey. I grew up in Jersey. The parties I went to, like, we just sang songs from Rent. Like, those were our parties. Yeah. So you went Which, to, you went way, to good parties. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't saying that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that the whole, so the, the sort of the, I would say that the main kind of arc of this episode really is about, you know, making out and kissing and what that means and, and sort of the, the ridiculous amount of pressure we put on that situation when we're in high school and, and what it means. Like, it, it feels like it's some sort of, it, obviously it's a rite of passage, but it just feels so important. And it's, I mean, it shouldn't be, and it's silly that it is, but it just feels like, I don't, and I would love to kind of know where that comes Kissing from. Kissing shouldn't be important? No, no, no. I mean, it is, but I don't, I don't know why teenagers, and it's probably movies and television, I imagine, but it just feels like it's put up on a pedestal, like your first kiss and, and are you kissing this person? And I don't know. It's just, it feels a little bit sort of weird to me. That's okay. So there are two things. Like okay. one I agree with that. <laughs> cool. One, the one I agree with yes. is that it has been glorified and put up on a pedestal by the media to a uh, unhealthy level. Yes. I agree with that. I think in a world without media, people would still be kissing. And well, I can I'm- prove it <laughs> because there used to not be media yes, no, and people used to kiss. So I do I- think that there is a natural inclination for young people to test out rudimentary sexual things between each other. Uh-huh. Well, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not. That's obvious. Yeah, like yeah, sure. that. That's just that's that's time memorial. So you're stuff. you're you're speaking to the fact that that we're drawn to each other no matter what, well, and that we're yeah. sort of that that socially it becomes this kind of. There's been a yeah, Venn diagram. Yeah, and I things. think and I think you know Western culture has put a kind of premium on heteronormative sure, sexual sure. interactions, and that is probably something that has made people uncomfortable. And I also think you know, as I've said with Sam a lot of times, yeah. I think he has been pushed into this kind of sexual. Uh-huh awakening a lot quicker than he is physically able to deal mm-hmm. with the look on his face when she kisses him in the hallway mm-hmm. is his eyes crossing and uncrossing is tremendous because the dude doesn't know what to do but that but Haverchuk <laughs> does fine yeah. Haverchuk so. kills it yeah is that a, okay i have a question yeah, like yeah. she kisses him and she he doesn't does. really kiss back is that a first kiss do you know what i mean like is that I'd, yeah that I'd, is a first kiss yeah. i'd count it <laughs> i bills okay. counting it all right that, that, <laughs> each their own is that yeah. so? Well, yeah. you, I, there is something are, about it. Are that, you asking? She kind of takes advantage of him. Is there a, is there a, a consent no, issue not, there? No, I'm not saying it's a consent <laughs> issue. I'm saying, oh, but I mean, it was just like 
you know, it it was like one person was acting. It was I'm not saying it was like <laughs> oh she took advantage of yeah, his yeah. lips or something, but it was, he was like game. yeah he was yeah. game, but it was just like she did most of the action, you know, and I was just like. She's more experienced than him. Right, exactly. That's the point. And so I was just like, oh. Is getting kissed the same as That's what I'm kissing? saying. Exactly. Yeah. Um well, okay. Go ahead. I think I, I think it's a two it takes two to tangle situation. And right. I think if he didn't mm-hmm. want to be kissed, he'd pull away. Fair My enough. guess is yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's getting kissed for the first couple seconds mm-hmm. and then he's engaging and kissing himself. Then he's giving kiss. Right. <laughs> That's sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> As gross like, as that sounds. There's a difference of being like, I choose I am choose to kiss someone. I yeah. I am the kiss initiator, uh-huh. which is a big deal. Or, as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to the, a mutual thing. Yeah, which can be a mutual yeah. thing. Or it's like I'm the one get like I didn't initiate it, but I'm still enjoying it. Like those are big power positions. If Bill if Bill kept his lips closed and pulled away within a reasonable amount of time, sure. a few seconds, then I don't think he would count that as first kiss. Okay. But I don't think he did. I think he was. I think it was a first kiss. And I liked it because the more monumental thing was that walk he was doing before. Like that was like the part where your like heart is pounding. Mm -hmm. And like that I was like, oh, okay, I remember that. And then the kiss, like in my life, when I would walk to music in my head before I would do something (laughs) scary. Um, And then like the kiss itself was like just the end of that moment. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't as like this beautiful, like romanticized moment, you know? I appreciated that it that I first of all I think that the seven minutes in heaven that that Vicky and Bill have is romantic. I loved it. I adored it. I cannot believe they landed that plane. Yeah, because like (laughs) most shows would have screwed it up. Hundred percent. One way or another, mm. there's almost no way not to screw it up. It's probably in my top five favorite scenes of the show. Well, how would they screw it up? Like, because I love the scene so much. But like, so, what's the way they would screw it up? Any way I could pitch to you, I think would be a screw up. But I'll try. Okay. <laughs> um, having it go awfully and Bill walks out embarrassed because he said something weird would have been a screw up. Mm-hmm. Um, having Bill like just having it end with Bill like standing up for himself and saying that you're mean and you're you that would have been a screw up. And right. I, yeah. And I, and, mm-hmm. and what I mean is like these all would have felt fine. Right, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't have had this like emotional catharsis at this moment at end, or like having a pity kiss would have been a screw up, mm-hmm. which yes. I think is like where a lot of shows would have gone. And this gets real close to, but that's not what it feels like. No, but I they know, get but into it, it and that that's like yes. that is a kiss. He yes. wins her over yeah. genuinely mm-hmm. in the moment. Yes. She would. The last thing that girl is going to do is give her yes. give a pity kiss, or the other thing that like would have been a real screw up that I think a lot of shows would have gone to is the jokey. Kiss. Yeah, you know where it the, gets gross and weird, or or like some yeah, 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 thing, yeah. or where he tricks her yeah. into it, or yeah. where mm-hmm. like you know, I mean, there's like this horrible Californication episode where where someone has sex with someone by accident, which is like straight up rape. But like Not someone thinks they're really having sex with another one. Well, someone oh, thinks they're having sex oh, okay, with another okay, person, okay. and there's like they they go in that direction. So actually, taking the seven minutes. And earning that moment between these two characters who are about as far ideologically as you can get in the world, but yep. on the show, was so beautiful. Yeah, well, it's, it was- it's 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 tr- it's it's also um, sorry to cut you off. Oh, um, <laughs> it, it's also just the the amount of real estate that that scene has in the episode, which I imagine is somewhere in the vicinity of seven to ten minutes. I wasn't timing it, but it's. That's such a small amount of runway to be able to 
to your point, land that plane to buy that these two people actually go from, you know, water and oil to finding some sort of common ground together so that they can have this genuinely romantic moment for you to, and, and the respect it has for both the characters is really tremendous because Vicky is, is a straight up, she's not nice in the beginning of that scene. She's mean to him and for him to stand up for himself and to find a way in his own bill way to show her what's special about him. Tremendous. Oh yeah. It was an old Christmas truce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just, oh my it's, God, that's just a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is. Um, it's also all, beautifully shot. That uh, sliver of light. Oh, yeah. really and the great. other thing that I would say that another show would have screwed up. Um, He's not trying to kiss her. Right. He's yeah. not in there. He's not, he's, he's, he's resigned to, okay, we'll sit here in silence for seven minutes or we'll sit here yep. and have our, you know, yeah, we'll run the clock out. Exactly. Like I get it. I get that you're Vicky and I'm Bill and that's how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. So the, any other show I think would, would have him like be pitching himself to her or have her like, he's not an idiot or have her like the, de- divulge something about herself that's like so horrible i i can't mm. get over how flawless it was and there's, I, and i i fully agree with you that there's a, a myriad of ways to fuck up the up. scene in in and, and i say that in the sense of a spectrum of it right like there's mm-hmm. just absolutely just hoofing it and then just it not totally working and it's it's a real testament to everybody who's doing this the writing the directing uh it, it's it's really 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 tremendous stuff and it's it's Definitely one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite episodes of the show. Um, I want to read a, a little bit from Emily Vanderwerf's AV Club review. Um, so she says, when Freaks and Geeks is good, when it's on its game, as it is so often in this one and only season, the show isn't just great. It verges towards perfect. That's a bold claim to make, of course. No work of art is perfect. No, nothing is perfect. But I look at an episode like Smooching and Mooching and I wonder if TV has ever been as good or will ever be as good again. Other shows have, have more ambition and higher aims, but Freaks and Geeks sets its task to chronicle what life was like for a bunch of kids in 1981 Michigan in all its joys and all its pains. It's a much more modest goal, but it's also one the series nails again and again. And as we head into the final three episodes, and because the season finale was shot earlier just to make sure that the producers got it, and this is the next to last episode ever produced. There's a real sense of the show realizing just how terrific it could be, the full extent of its powers. This isn't a show about some bullshit. This is a show about life as these characters really live it, and that is a beauty all its own. A long time ago, the screenwriter John Rogers said on a blog that most great TV shows can be boiled down to one word. The Sopranos is about change. Breaking Bad is about transformation, Deadwood is about community, and so on. I've occasionally struggled to apply this test to Freaks and Geeks because the world adolescence sells the show so short, even as I unquestionably believe this is one of the great TV shows of all time. Watching Smooching and Mooching, though, made me realize that what the show is about is connection. Nick and his dad don't have it, but Nick and Harold have a tentative stab at it. Sam and Cindy don't particularly connect since they're both got poor understandings of the world, of each other, yet Bill and Vicky are surprisingly able to, to come to a kind of connection in that darkened closet playing Seven Minutes in Heaven. When each realizes the other sees them as a far happier and pulled together than they actually feel inside. Bill and Vicky will probably talk only rarely outside of this moment, but when the playing field is level, when they can connect, the truly unexpected can happen. It's a lesson the show never stops teaching its characters, and the results are always surprising and often so very wonderful. And I, yeah, obviously fully agree with that. There's something about the way you read that well. Oh, thank you. That's hard. You didn't mess up once. Like you didn't say a word wrong. 
Well, thanks guys. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but it, it's, it's really, I, I talked about this a little bit in 17 as well, but like the connection thing of these two people from two drastically different worlds, finding a way to connect and then probably never connecting again is mm-hmm. something that this show masters on and has done a myriad of times over the course of its series. The only good thing about this show being canceled <laughs> is that they'll never connect again. Right. Because sure. if they, right. Because yeah. if it hadn't been canceled, you would have played that more because it was so good. You would have, you would have felt like you had to, Yep. but what's so powerful was the one and done. Of mm-hmm. it. You guys want to play a game? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, it's not spin the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this bottle. Um, the game is the John Rogers game. Well, oh, I give sure. you a television show. Okay. And you think of one word that describes it. Oh, okay. 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 Um, cool. All right. So we, I'll, I'll be the, the, the show giver outer and then I will judge who was right. Okay. Um, let's start easy. Mad Men. Oh, um, oh boy. I, I mean, I, I think. Mad it wasn't easy. It was a joke. Okay. What? You're well, just picking Mad Men? Yeah, Mad Men. Okay. Let's go for it. Yeah. I, I, I. Weirdly, the word that comes to mind is identity. And I don't know if that's maybe the right one, but. That's a, that's a good one. It feels like, um, I mean, Don certainly is struggling with his own identity. Um, and then you have, you know, uh, women and various minorities and the various sort of ways that they fit into society. Um, yeah, I don't know. Identity is the word that I'm going with. I don't know. Becky, do you have a different answer? I do. <laughs> Power. Ooh. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah sure. I don't know. That's what I yeah. would have yeah. said for my next <laughs> oh, no. okay. question. Game of Thrones. I don't know. Oh, I mean, yeah. power's not really. Yes, yes. It's about the machinations of power, I guess, or it's about a struggle for it and holding on to it, I guess. Um, I, yeah, I guess I would say power or strength. You know, that sort of mm-hmm. something to that effect. I and okay. I have a word, and I don't mean it in any sort of like ideal way. <laughs> okay. Victory. Yeah. Yeah. Winning for mm-hmm. sure. Winning, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. all about a fight for the fucking throne. Winning. Yeah, fight for, for good or for fight bad. Fight for the fucking mm-hmm. throne. Yeah. Right, I'll do one more. Okay. One final one. Okay. I was gonna make a joke, <laughs> um, but I'm gonna ask one. I want to do the news. I want to <laughs> sixty minutes. Yeah. I want to. I want to do. Com- I want to do comedies, but like, I- community is about community. Friends yeah. is about friends. Yeah. Um. How about um. Uh, how about <clears throat> Veep? I don't watch Veep. How about <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh, I have not watched every episode of Curb, so that would not be the best one for me. But I think that show is sort of about at least what I've seen. Um, this might be the wrong word. Failure. Um, mm. It feels a little bit like it's it's about. I kind of feel like I'm watching Larry kind of fail every week and finding a way to deal with that. I think I have a worse word than you. Okay. That's, that's a bit of a failure. <laughs> Jesus. No. <laughs> Becky, do you have one first? I do. Jew. 
It's Jew. <laughs> it's Jew. <laughs> okay, my word for it is chaos. Chaos. Yeah, that's a good, good one. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Um, mine is for a curve is manners. Mm-hmm. I've yeah, the show yeah. Is that, about, you're so right. That's, that's, that's what so that right. show is about. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one, Go. and then we'll get back to to smooching and mooching girls. Mm. I hate one word show answers. It's hard to not say girls. Girls is that's how it I don't think it's about, about femininity. Yeah. Um I have mine. Oh please. Adulthood. Yeah. Growth, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maturity. Yeah, these are all good. Um I can see that. I also think honestly, and this is this is a bit of a cheat while I let you ruminate, um, New York. Like it, yeah. it's it, it. Did you say that pur- purposely? Is like one word? Like you're like New York? No, I didn't. But you know my point. New York like, is about New York. It's New about New York, New Jersey. Yeah, uh, yeah I just I, it's as someone who is not from New York doesn't you know I, I watch a fair amount of content that takes place there, and that show just feels so much like you know the city is such a prominent character. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Let me preface by saying it. Girls is a good, yeah. uh, good one because it will bring us back. Just yes. Appetite produced. Mm-hmm. I say this. In the best possible way. It is a show I love. I love it because I think it is explicitly about this. Mm-hmm. Entitlement. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in a whole bunch of ways. I think it is explicitly, <laughs> development. It is explicitly about, in, yeah. about being an entitled young person yeah. in modern society. I think um, it's aware of that too. That's why I think it's yeah. such a great show. I agree. The, I think I, I think that – I think the criticism of girls, I don't mean the bad criticism, mm-hmm. I mean the good criticism. The positive criticism of girls almost always misses the point of girls. Yeah, I, yeah. So, well, that was, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's why that first season, I mean, the show was such a lightning rod for a, a whole bunch of reasons, mm-hmm. but it felt like a, a gross misinterpretation of that show it's happened in its first season. Felt, for both good and <clears throat> ill, I yep. felt, yep. it never really got what I got out of the show, which was Lena Dunham being acutely aware mm-hmm. of her position in the world and the city and her, her upbringing and her parents yeah. and um, her entitlement, yeah. um, her physicality, all of, and all of these things and her, her great, her like how she is uniquely positioned mm-hmm. to present the story, um, the stories that she could present and the honesty. I fucking love well, the show so much, but the best. I truly believe that critics miss the boat. Well, it's, 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 I mean, not to believe the point, but it, it's, the line in the pilot, you know, where I'm, I'll paraphrase it, but when she said, you know, I feel like I'm the voice of a generation was so grossly misinterpreted yep. as people thinking that she was being real about it. When I think she was obviously mm-hmm. a commentary on this sort of this type of person. Yeah. So um, yeah. I want to quote uh, Alan Sappenwall, um, who oh. uh, is is uh, our guest for the finale. But um, he says something interesting where he said, uh, here is where... Finally. Be- <laughs> <laughs> here is where it becomes <laughs> obvious that Abitow, Feig, and company could see the cancellation writing on the wall as they go ahead and do an episode where Sam gets to date Cindy Sanders. Uh, there was actually something in the writers uh, that they had in the back of their heads from the start, but for a hypothetical second season, where one of the story arcs would be Sam falling into the popular crowd and distan- distancing himself from Bill and Neil. Uh, when they realized there would be no second season, the arc got moved up and squeezed into two episodes while there was still time to do it. Uh, with this first one, the sort of giddy rush, this first episode being that giddy rush and then the little things being sort of the cold reality of the situation, which, you know, we talked about this, Kenny, a little bit in in, in 17, but um, 
it didn't bother me that 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 this was condensed into two episodes. Uh, that's not to say that that an elongated or more unpacked version in season two wouldn't have been fulfilling as well. But the 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 sort of the heel turn is a little harsh on Cindy. And you know she doesn't. Oh, where she's like she doesn't like the jerk, and <laughs> well, and she hates. And, and she loves you know, Bush, and yeah. she's yeah. against oh, yeah. welfare. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's some stuff in there that doesn't look so great on her. But this episode gets but it's to mostly s- the jerk, of course. I mean, I think we. Th- Do you I like think the jerk? I Becky? I love the jerk, and it's something <laughs> that I think about all the time because, like, when I'm like with friends and we're talking about like guys we're dating or like our relationships, it, it, it's always like, well, do you make him laugh? And I'm like. I don't think so. And then it's like, don't be with point? him. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's always that one question of like, he didn't like this. Like he doesn't like Seinfeld, you know, like it's like that question. Right? Seinfeld is too yeah. easy. Nothing. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, yeah. but it's, yeah. but it also that, that tees up the line in 17 where he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not having fun. Are you having fun? Yeah. Which is one of the sort of the cruxes of their breakup conversation. But, um, this episode gets to see as, as Alan said, the giddy rush, the things when, when, Sam's just excited that he's getting a chance to date this girl that he's put on a pedestal for as long as he has, uh, even if he is in over his head. I, I do love that Cindy's in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that look on his face when she pushes him down on the bed and turns the lights out is, you know, I don't know what happened in that scene and I'm fine not knowing, but but we know that Sydney, Cindy is the one who's, you know, making things, you know. Though he does happen. ask. Yeah. Before. I was I was so impressed with our little incel asking for consent before <laughs> he kissed Cindy. He does well. He does. I, I mean, I think it's I think that's fear. I think that's he doesn't want to be rejected. I think it's it's he's asking for. I agree. It's asking gentlemanly. Sure. Yeah. And also scared. He's an incel. Um, <laughs> Stop it. He uh, we <laughs> not anymore. I guess, but. Um, can I can I uh, pivot to a mm-hmm. couple of Nick things? Sure. Nick has two hilarious lines. His first two funny lines in the whole series. Um, when he goes to the warehouse first and he smells the um, yes. and he smells her cooking mm-hmm. and he goes, "Let me guess, meat." Smells <laughs> 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 like meat. Uh, and I, <laughs> it's a really stupid line. It's almost too stupid for him, but like whatever. It's so good. And then he then has like such a great line that like I just love so much. It's mm-hmm. So it's so perfect. Where he starts talking about um, you know, he's he's gonna be living out for a while, he's gonna be sleeping on people's couches and sure. stuff, and maybe he should stop by one store sporting goods because he needs a new sleeping bag. And he says, uh, I thought I could I thought I should probably get a good bag. <laughs> it's just so it's great it's fantastic it's a great line um so um i i i feel like we should talk a little bit about first kisses we don't have to have i'm we, fine talking we, about we mine. not done this on we the haven't pod? Done, we haven't done this all right um i remember mine quite well i forgot to breathe and i coughed in her mouth it was great um it was memorable uh I, I think there's something. There's no way I haven't talked about this on the podcast. I'll do it again. You know, I have no shame, but no way. Okay. And Becky, feel no pressure to have to talk about it. Feel a lot of pressure. Uh, okay. Just, just, listen. Just, well, I wanna, well, you finish your story. I, I, I really, I mean, that's kind of the end. It was at oh. summer camp. That's the end of the story. But I'll say this. The reason I bring it up is because I think that, and it sort of piggybacks on what you were saying, Kenny. There's the amount of fear that's baked into that moment um, is just, is, is incredibly intense. Um, I felt anyway. I mean, it's, it's this, it's a similar moment. Um, I think it's in, is it, 
it's in this episode where he asks her out for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's also a real scary thing. You know, you're, there's a real chance of rejection, which is obviously shitty. Um, all of this is baked into sort of just insecurity and, and wanting to be good at these things and having no fucking idea how to do any of them. Um, and what it requires of a person and Sam, this very small, you know, boy trying to sort of figure out how to catch up to everybody else. Um, I don't know. It's all just, it, it, it's, it's very palpable in this episode and you really sense it. You even sense it on the bill side of things too, where he's just sort of, he doesn't really get it. He's like, why do I want someone's tongue in my mouth? Like, that sounds gross. What if I throw up? Like, Real questions, mm-hmm. understand reasonable questions to mm-hmm. ask when you're a kid who's has no exposure to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I bring it up, not because I'm interested in hearing your kissing story again. Although, I mean, I maybe I have heard it. I don't know. My kissing story <laughs> happened also at summer 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 camp. camp sure, mm-hmm. Jewish summer camp. I'm assuming. Oh, we all went to Jewish summer camp. We cool. oh, Where did you go? go? I went to Camp Harlem. Where is it? It's in Poconos. I do, that's a Jewish camp. That is a Jewish yes. camp. You, I definitely know people who went there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was in Canada, so I, you, you're not going to know the one that I went to. Okay. I went to <laughs> Kenwood Evergreen in New Hampshire. Okay. And the, uh, the people from Cherry Hill were not many. I had a they great were, counselor Well, they were all there. at Camp Harlan, the Cherry Hill people. Yes. Yeah. They were on the Poconos, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was a great counselor. One of my favorite counselors was from Cherry Hill. Oh, cool! Yes, he's a lovely guy. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, so you're so you're at summer camp. I was at summer camp. I, I don't feel any shame in saying the or any fear in saying the name of the lovely lady who allowed me to kiss her the first time. Her name is Juliet Markowitz. Um, actually, now I feel bad because of where the story goes, but I won't tell you the whole thing. Okay. Basically, what happened was uh, we had our first kiss. We did movies every week in the mess hall or the rec hall. This week we were in the mess hall. Mm-hmm. What movie? City Slickers. <laughs> Great flick. And, oh, that's amazing. I, this story is amazing. And I think, and I think we, I think we kissed through at least. I mean, uh, half the movie, twenty minutes of the movie. Oh my! Just, like, just sucking face just, for well, two I mean, minutes. I, I Juliet, yeah. if you're listening to this, I, I mean, no, I mean, no ill will. I'm totally over it. But she, I didn't know what I was. I was doing obviously. Sure, like you. Sure. I, I didn't cough in her mouth, but like I just, yeah. I saw something on MTV when I was a younger person about mm-hmm. how to kiss. And basically, like they, someone did this with their hands, like basically, like rolled over, interesting, with their hands. Okay, so that's like, all right, that's what I'm going to try to do. Like you basically, like, how like, do you do that? Like over and top, like over, oh. like barrel roll, two tongues, right? So I'm wow. like trying to barrel roll the tongues the whole time. That I mean, and I was told oh, no. through the grapevine that I lap like a dog. Yeah. Which Aww. is true and fair because I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to do something. I, oh, and it was like Swedish MTV. That two like Swedes on MTV were were illustrating. So, okay. but we dated the whole summer. We did some more lapping like dogs. Yeah. And uh, did she did she ever correct your your? Well, she didn't know what she was doing. It was her first kiss. Okay. I mean, like right. we're we're a bunch of idiots. Yeah, we're, no. I, but uh, that was my my lovely first kiss. Uh, as Jack Palance is delivering a live calf. That is. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I never had my first kiss. I, I at Jewish sleepaway camp never got any. I um <laughs> but here's the thing. My experience at Jewish sleepaway camp was pretending to be asleep while every girl around me was getting fingered. <laughs> oh <laughs> bye bye. Amazing. Where was this happening? 
happening? Like, pretending to be asleep. Yeah, well, like, do you ever do bunk copping or something? And it's like people sneak out into the girls' bunk in the middle. I of remember. The night, I mean, that happened in my. And then camp. guys would make out with girls all around me, yeah. and I would we, be we, awake. We called it finger fest. It was fi- fi- a I'm finger fest. Totally kidding. I don't, I don't we think we did. We, we didn't do have. these. Things. Oh no, we and did that in my like, I would just. Oh, like, I do not think we did that in my summer. I would be like, oh my god, Becky, just pretend, like, pretend you're dead. Just pretend you're dead right now. Pretend you're dead. As I'm listening to everyone like loudly lapping um and but i'm but it's a talent now i have i'm really good at pretending to be asleep while everyone around me particularly someone's getting fingered getting fingered wow yeah that was my first okay my first kiss though oh but (laughs) you've already become our best guest you've won don't blow it (laughs) i'm like really mad because like this my first kiss story is not as good as my not first kiss story (laughs) of my not getting fingered story um so my first kiss i was just at a party Everyone, all my friends had been had kissed before, and I was just like, I need to get this out of the way. I need yeah, to do yeah. it. So I was just talking to this guy, and um, my friends were like on on our way out, and I was like, Can you just like give me a good night kiss? Can I have a good night kiss? And he's like, Okay. And then we kissed, and that was my first Aww. kiss. What was his name? He had braces. <laughs> oh, so, so you were young. Yeah, I, was, I don't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> he had braces. Is amazing. <laughs> well, he seems like a lovely guy. Seems like he sounds great. Who was yours with Phil? Uh, well, I don't want to say your name. Okay. But, um, yeah. I'll say this. Uh, it was behind the, um, the, the main lodge. Is she currently a famous Canadian actress? No. Oh, okay. No, so who cares? It's just, I mean, because, like, I don't, I feel yeah. weird putting it out there. No, I get world, it. But, I, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, she's, she's like, no, she's Julia from, doesn't care. She's from Paris. She was from Paris, France. Wow. So, oh, that's I mean, awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's a wow. get. Yeah. That's a good get. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, cool. it was great. Um, so back to this episode um nick nick and ken's hair is just getting completely insane at this point Mm -hmm. i mean it's just growing out into these crazy sort of afros yeah uh the look on nick's face when his drums are gone is real sad Mm -hmm. um but also like and this is what this show does so brilliantly one of the things it does brilliantly is um it's funny and it's sad i mean and it feels like that's really apatow's like that's his lane of the funny, sad human things. Like just really just wanting all of wanting you to feel all of that at the same time. So yes, you have a look on Nick's face that is inherently funny because you're like, Oh my God, someone took his drums, but it's also heartbreaking at the same time. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on the Cindy. I broke up with Todd kind of, using sam i guess like i don't know how i feel about the going up to a guy that you know likes you even though you might not be into him and being like so i'm i'm free now should we do this i don't know how i feel about that i mean cindy has a lot of has a lot of pressure though you know what i mean like she's like she has a lot of pressure to be a cheerleader Mm -hmm. to be like to to feel appreciated, to feel loved, yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that's she's just trying to survive. You know, we all do it's a that. Good point. That yeah. probably feels true. like she needs to have a boyfriend at all times. Immediately, mm-hmm. yeah, it's probably a big part of her identity. Yeah, yeah. I, I no, I agree with that. I wasn't, I, I wasn't sure necessarily that I, I got, I, it wasn't that I disliked that she did it. I just felt like I wasn't sure if her motives were entirely. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't shitty. Like that is a shitty thing to do. But I also see it as a way because you're just like struggling to like maintain who you are in high school, and you'll like I can see why she's doing it. Right, very worthy of empathy. Yes, and I and and I and I do like 
because it's I, I imagine it's a very common thing in high school the whole like going to the friend of the person and being like mm-hmm. checking to make sure that it's all going to kind of go as planned um because no one wants to be rejected um and her going to bill i i do love the scene when bill goes to sam and neil and says she wants you to ask her out and sam's being like if this is a prank i'll never talk to you again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just and there's a very kind of there's a not to say it again but there's a sadness in the way bill tells him that because he knows by doing this he's going to ask her out she's going to say yes and that could be the end of their friendship yeah so he doesn't even really want to tell him but he also doesn't want to deprive his friend of joy i guess or whatever yeah because it's hard to watch like all of your friends move on have like these like you know rites of passage and you're just like still like left alone like i can understand like it's hard to be happy for your friend who gets exactly what they want you know for sure yeah particularly if you haven't gotten it right right yeah Yeah. um i like that they lay the piping with the hippies even if they do sort of feel like they're in a different television show Mm -hmm. they kind of show up and you're like what's this yeah (laughs) but it's the the girl is samara armstrong she is from the oc OC and also entourage oh yeah She uh, she had a little moment there. She did, but she really looked did not beautiful have, in yeah, this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when yeah. she did, I was like, "That's a happy student." Happy <laughs> like I forgot, I forgot. Like she, it yeah. ends with yeah. her leaving, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there is that that thing." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like she's why is she nice? Yeah, yeah. no one's ever that so nice. High, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it should have been yeah. high more. <laughs> I'm sure that it's actually kind of sinister in its own weird way. These writers, yes, Fig, Apatow, whatever, and you guys would know because you went to Jewish summer camp right around this time, <laughs> mm-hmm. are definitely of that generation that was dead obsessed because they were all also fish obsessed, oh, right? Oh, yeah. These, uh-huh. This particular brand yeah, of Jew it. it's not my thing. From, from the East Coast. 100%. Right? Yeah. I mean, Apatow's from New York. I don't actually know where Fig is from, but Apatow's from New York, from Long Island. And so from Boston down to probably, you know, Maryland, maybe a little further south was like the fish corridor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were all obsessed and everyone was obsessed with fish. Sure. Not everyone, but like 50% of yeah. men that age were obsessed with fish or the dead and they would follow them around. And I think they ultimately um, were trying to say that this is the way. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but yeah. you got you gotta you gotta have your opinions. And in a show like this, we've discussed how important it is, um, how how what you consume yeah. is so integral to your identity within the context of this show. Mm-hmm. I think they are making a bit of a value judgment. 
Yeah, but I'm okay with that. You know, I, I think that, and and we talked, we kind of talked about this a little bit in the finale, but I, I do think that the dead is sort of the perfect skeleton key for this resolution to to Lindsay. You know, we talked a little bit about sort of that scene that she has where she listens to the dead album a bunch, American mm-hmm. Beauty, and and it really kind of unlocks something for her, a freedom, the potential. I don't particularly like the Grateful Dead. I don't like fish either. I don't really like jam bands that play for 15 minutes while everyone, I don't know. It's just not my thing. But um, do you like them, Becky? I was really into fish in college. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. No, no, I, mean, I, I don't mean no, that. And here's the thing. I, but I only liked their studio albums. I never liked their live albums because they were playing for 15 See, I, minutes. I, I, I don't know what it was. like their studio albums. Their studio albums are so good. loser. But I, like, this is amazing. I can like, but like I know I'll still put them on. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, what do you, I mean, but I mean like uh, a picture of nectar is like one of my favorite albums. It's a, it's a, it's a Wait, did you just say my, a picture of nectar? Yeah. The album's okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I, didn't, I didn't know. The, yeah. It's, it's from, uh, a, what's the, what's the song it's from? Uh, Cavern. Yeah. Um, it's like, I love that. album. I love hoist. Uh, mm-hmm. The last album, Farmhouse, was so good. Farmhouse was great. That was a good album. Like, no one liked it. I liked it because it was a studio album. Yeah. I can't wait till you guys do your fish podcast. <laughs> well, it's going to be great. I, I mean, you, the two you're, worst you're little, fish fans. You're a little a outside of the fish podcast. corridor. But I'm, like, yeah, I'm not the in Jews it. of a certain age, a yeah. certain area of the country, like, you get it through osmosis. Mm-hmm. And then I, you yeah. know, I've been being yeah. in bands and all, like, we did Sample in a Jar. We did Wolfman's Brother. Like, you just have to do this shit. Sure. If, like, mm-hmm. you're, if you're going to survive, we did some dead too. We did, uh, you know, Fred of the Devil and, like, if you're going to survive, dude, in, I, I get in a it. college yeah, bar yeah. in you 2004, like, <laughs> you, better, you better have some, better better have some thoughts some on fish. fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, that, that's fair. I, I do think that that there's um, there's something about the Grateful Dead. I think it's just the optimism of it. Mm-hmm. Like they're, I, I, I don't know fish well enough to say whether or not they're a particularly optimistic band. I'm going to assume that they are. I would say they are. Yeah. yeah. I think that that – I. There's an optimistic worldview associated right. with these bands. Which is why I sort of which, – which really explains the people that tour with them. There's this very kind of – putting the, the drugs and the hippiness aside, the just the, – the, the vibe of it is very positive, right? So like why wouldn't you want to be around positive people singing about positive things? Like I get that and I think that that layers really well into, into, into Lindsay's uh, – Character. It's very much not to throw too much right at the fish people, but um, it's very fish heads. Is that what they're called? Yeah, uh, no fish super fan, super fans, right? They're called fish faces, I believe. They call Seriously? it. Is what they do. Oh, yeah. Stop it! I'm kidding. Um, there, Kenny made a fish face, but for people that. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 they're, 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 simply, they're simply called not on radio. They're simply called the school. Okay. So what are they called? The, the, I must have fans. Were, I've well, there's deadheads and they're and they're fish heads. They're called something. They're fish called heads. fans. But oh, with a fans of pH. I think no. I honestly think they're fish heads. Hold on. No, there's deadheads and fish heads. Can, yeah, can we All please right, stop so and look at the point I was going to make about the fish and the dead? Is they are very much like the, fish heads. It's very much okay. the the aficionados. Aficionados. I like that. That's great. It's pretty That's clever. great. Yeah. Um, it's very much the uh, <clears throat> um, f- like there is that hippie free love thing. It's very much the everybody is welcome here. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's un- it's under our terms, <laughs> listening yeah. to our music. Sure. It's a very like. Totalitarian happiness. It's a well. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's it's this white version of like it's a, it's basically a white guy thing where you're like look. We love everybody mm-hmm. and all of us like fish and come and like enjoy, enjoy this like sure. thing that like we like, but you're all welcome. Mm-hmm. So, you in know, a commune, 
It's a cult with like no money. It's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is like the, there's it. also the proto Burning Man thing outside the concerts. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, right. the, the parking lot's basically turned into Burning Man. Yeah. It all feels of a piece. And I guess my, my point more than anything is that Lindsay's at a stage in her life where she's I'd susceptible. Go to a tomorrow, by the way. If you want to go <laughs> back. <laughs> <hand. laughs> I kind of do. Can we record it? I have friends who still go. Amazing. Oh, so do I. I have yeah. friends who are like, sorry, I can't get together with you. I, it's fish. And I'm like, okay, don't, don't need to tell <laughs> oh, me. I, know. I, I don't need an explanation. Fish is, in town, fish is in town for a week and I'm seeing them six times. Oh, my. They're not me. Oh, that's, like, that's like what these people will do. It's yeah, just like, totally. oh, of course. Mm-hmm. I have there are certain bands that, that have that kind Wait, of fandom. I have friends, and this is going to like seem weird because like this thing is so dead, but you'll okay. understand it was so alive at some point. I have friends who do that with Dave Matthews. I was yeah? going to ask oh. the Dave Matthews band question. Well, like Dave Matthews. Because feel like he kisses up against fish a little bit right there was a period of time where they were like fucking brothers yeah but mm-hmm. then dave matthews like became like brutally uncool yeah but i still have friends who just never really like caught that uncool period and yeah. we'll go see dave like four nights there's, there's still i have friends that still go see yeah dave, i mean when I, I had a friend who like went and i'm like because i like what you know i think this friend is cool and i was like wait a minute is dave matthews band like cool Back? don't like, you know they're not cool like was like was I an idiot this whole time, like yeah. saying like, oh, I, they're so bad, they're not cool, and was I the one this whole time being uncool? I mean, there was a summer where I think perhaps the only album I heard at my summer camp was Crash. Crash. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember was, that summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, and, and, and listen, I thought it was fine. I liked the album fine, but it was definitely a very Jewish summer camp I, band. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. when Lady Bird came out yeah, and, and Crash into me yeah. was prominently featured, I thought that was like the, yep. the Matthews Assange, and I thought uh, they I thought were. So too. I thought oh, they were never leaving. Like yeah. the way <laughs> Bruce, no one will remember this or admit it. Bruce was gone yeah. for ten years. Yeah. Right. Bruce was nobody from yeah. about like ninety to about ninety eight. Like he mm-hmm. was. If well, you he had like, Philadelphia in there, and that's a, that's what that's kind of back. what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. not what brought him back. Like he was doing soundtracks. He was doing mm-hmm. Secret Garden. He it's was true. an oldie act. Like he was. Just, he was deader than yeah. fucking dirt. <laughs> and then, and then, high fidelity comes out, and, and he Bruce is the guy mm-hmm. who, like John, yeah. who, who John Cusack, the coolest music person ever put on on film, like has in his head uh-huh. to give him advice, and that's what brought Bruce back. And then 9-11 was so good for him, but like, <laughs> woo, you heard it here first. But then Bruce never went away. Is what I'm Giuliani and Bruce, those were the two guys that did best off of 9-11. And yeah. like to this day, like Bruce can put out an album, and like Pitchfork will put it on a top hundred. It's true. I mean, but, they just loved uh, Western stars. That's what I'm saying. So, like, Bruce, like, even, like, Bowie was gone for a while, and then Bowie came back. Like, Michael Jackson was gone yeah. for 10 years. Madonna yeah. was gone until 99-ish, mm-hmm. till Ray of Light. Mm-hmm. So, like, I thought Dave Matthews was coming back for good. I thought when that needle drop happens in Lady Bird, which is a great moment, I was like, is this to your point, is this going to not make him cool again necessarily, but is he going to be back in the zeitgeist? Just people, are people going to be talking? And surprisingly, it didn't happen. No. And I think it might mm-hmm. be because people are just like done with Dave Matthews. It right. was like for a day. It was like it happened <laughs> it for a day. Happen. And we I was just Hollywood like, Bowl. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. And then, and then it was like, that's how I felt. I'm, then, like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm, okay. I'm like, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> For 20 years, yeah. I can I can listen to Dave again and yeah. no, yeah. no, I guess I can't. <laughs> but like going to, I mean, yeah. truly 
This is, this is good. I've never been to a Dave Matthews Band this concert. That's my first all my, concert. Yeah, really? All my yeah. cred. But going to Dave, and you probably did the same yeah. at Giant Stadium? No, Cam- uh, in Camden. Um, I, I, I saw that. I've, I've seen, I went to Penn, so I've seen shit at that amphitheater. Yeah, it's that amphitheater. The outside yeah, one yeah, is yeah. so good. It's a great amphitheater. Oh, it's the only good part about Camden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. You can't go there otherwise. There's a good aquarium, but let's keep talking. <laughs> the Camden Aquarium? Yeah. Um, but seeing the Giant Stadium is, is one of the great yeah. nights of my life. I'm sure. Yeah. There is something very, I mean, not that this is a podcast about Dave Matthews, man, but there is something very interesting <laughs> about, album in 99. Uh, I think it was 98. I think it was the, what's the one in the streets? The the one that was after crash. You know what I'm talking about? The one that had the Alanis Morissette song I'll look with him. Oh, I don't remember. Don't drink the water. That was like the single. Am I making anyway? You're yeah, not, you're not. But that's kind of where it all goes to shit for me. Yeah. My my point is there was something very kind of very interesting about the instruments that were used in Dave Matthews. Like there was mm-hmm. he was, there was maybe some cultural appropriation going on, um, but it but played <laughs> by people of that culture. Sure, but you understand my point, right? Like that that there was a little bit of like he was folding a bunch of things together, which I think is really interesting. I'm, I'm really not not slagging him about it. But I do think that uh it's interesting the trajectory of that band. Um they had some big they had big songs coming out after Crash. They had that what was that the space between us? That was a big mm-hmm. song. That's a lovely song. So they they still had some hits. They, I don't want to defend Dave too much, but I'll defend him a little bit. He is not American. He is a South African. Okay. So there is a little bit of like, I don't okay, know. So maybe that's, I don't know what happened. Does he get a pass? Um, <laughs> it depends how far he goes. <laughs> but, but he gets more of a pass than me. Sure. And yes, sir, yeah. you're Canadian, so I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You, who knows? What did what he happened? have? What, what what album was it? You were right. Before the Crowded Streets. Okay. Uh, which is 98, right? Which is 98. Yeah. And we'll see if any singles came out in 99. I don't know. Redo my list. That'd be amazing. We're doing our next week uh-huh. uh, or after this. Yeah. We're doing our top songs of 1999. That's great. Yeah. It's going to be a real motley crew of songs. Um, did the Macarena come out in 1999? I think it was 98. Was Unfortunately. Would have been number one on my list. I, Shut up. It, it, it's such a good song. <laughs> There's a Macarena scene in Richard Jewell, the new Clint really? Eastwood movie, Ugh. that is bizarre. It's shot oh, like yeah. a musical. Well, then it came out in 96. Okay. Oh, it must, it must. Yeah. yeah I remember being it. Yeah. Then, yeah. Cause yeah, was that was, that was when the Atlanta, Atlanta bomb. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. he shoots it like it's West side story or something like these like crazy. Wa- it's it's, God, uh, it's, it's crazy. It. It's crazy. Uh, that movie is weird, but good. Weird. Um, I'm seeing it. It has Macarena in it, but it yeah. does. And, and Olivia Wilde is straight up playing Gail Weathers from scream. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, honestly, her that performances. Sounds, that sounds not good. <laughs> yeah. But I really want to see yeah. it. Like, I have a lot of sympathy for it. It's really, job. really weird. Yeah. Um, so, back to Freezing Gates. Oh, that's what we're talking yeah, about. We're, yeah, we're okay. talking about that. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Nick stuff. Because I think that the Mr. Weir Nick stuff is really interesting. Um, it's interesting because I don't know if he's ignoring it or Lindsay's feelings about Nick and him. Um, and sort of why he's so supportive of Nick when she feels like he's not supportive of her, which is sort of that, that thing about how like, uh, like parents of your friends that you have a connection with, and then your friend being pissed off that like 
the parent is being cool with you, but they're shitty with them. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just how it is. Like, I don't know how else to explain it other than the fact that like, you're too close to your parents Mm -hmm. to be able to see the forest for the trees. And obviously they have a really nice scene at the end where the dad's like, you don't get it. Like if I could chain you in the basement and never have you leave, like that's how much I love you. Um, And I'm scared every time you're out in the world. Um, It's a really beautiful scene. And, and Flaherty, I know we talk a lot about how great he is, but he's fucking great on this show. He's like, also so well written in this episode. Well, yeah, yeah. Another yeah. like another yeah. I did not see it going this way. Nope. And another show would have handled it differently. Like you either would have gone the boring route where Nick is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Or the, like over the top thing where like Nick is everything Lindsay wasn't or Nick is everything Sam wasn't. Yep. And look the how much I child. love this yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it was subtle and sweet and and honest and and also, Flaherty came from – you know, he, he was wrong ultimately. You can't tell someone else like how to parent their kid. And that scene's fucking fantastic too between the two dads where he's yeah. like, you don't know my kid. You don't know what I'm dealing with. And But I also th- – and, and, and it's, it's a testament to uh, Mr. Weir as well that he recognizes the pushback and he isn't shitty about it. And he's like – and he just kind of like walks away and just allows it to exist. Like I mm-hmm. think he just – wouldn't have been able to live with himself if he didn't say something. And they hint at some sort of something with his father. Yeah. that And that I thought was very interesting mm-hmm. because it was like, was he abused? Like, is this abuse? And, yeah. and the fact that they didn't like, um, trivialize it by like making it this maudlin moment yeah. Yeah, and yeah. like this, like, you know, this a monologue we've heard so many times I thought was so amazing. Like it was, it was mentioned and it, it was there, but then it was given like the dignity that it deserved. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the, what I took away from, you know, obviously the, the hints of what was going on with the father is just, you know, Flaherty's a kid in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's just fathers in the 50s were just, I assume, taskmasters to some degree or another. And I imagine that that was the impression that he had. And and you see him – and again, this is to your point, Kenny. Like the, the, the writing is so beautiful in the sense that um, – why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Mr. Harold? Name, Harold. The, the, the Harry? Harold. Harold? Is yeah. it Harry? No, remember Neil's yeah, dad yeah. calls him Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no one calls him that, Harry. That Harold has this – He's such a a beautiful sort of transitionary father character mm-hmm. where you feel like he's trying to lay down the law sometimes, but also just doesn't want to be a hard ass, but also just it's a real balancing act that's really tremendous and, and perfectly distilled in the scene that he has with Lindsay at the end. Yeah, you see how like self-aware he is when you never see that with like parents on TV shows no. about kids, no. you no. know? Yeah, there's something very kind of. Um, you know, self-aware as you said. Interesting, you know, when when Emily was talking about the one word for shows, uh, Sopranos and Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. it's the same fucking thing, change and transformation. Yeah. You know, that's the same thing. TV shows in general mm-hmm. are about stagnation. You have to keep the characters the yeah. same mm-hmm. because that's what the audience expects. Now we've changed, obviously, we've talked about serialization and how characters do change on TV in a way that they didn't used to. Yep. But for ever and ever... Um, the whole idea was you start from A and you end at A. Mm-hmm. So the next week they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mr. Weir has changed so much. It's he incredible. started this show as you're going to die if you do anything. <laughs> and he ended this show as a really yeah. sensitive, sweet, yeah. always looking for the good, the best, the best <clears throat> among us type mm-hmm. human. Um, even, even when he has to punish Lindsay for crashing the car is, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. empathetic. So. There's also something about 
the sweetness or the joy he gets from blowing Nick's mind by playing Gene Krupa. Oh, oh yeah, so, it's good. so good. Where it's just like he's just like, oh my god, look at how how happy I'm making this person. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's easier when it's not your own kid and you don't have the attachment and all that sort of stuff. But it's just a really beautiful moment when they're dancing together. It's just it's it's adorable. And well, and I really felt for Lindsay in that moment because mm-hmm. here is Lindsay doing homework. Which is literally the worst thing in the world. (laughs) And then you see her friend not having to do homework, (laughs) but listening to great music in the living room. Dancing with your parents. Dancing with your parents. Like, how come they're not telling him to do his homework? (laughs) And I was like, Lindsay, I'm with you. Like, it was a great scene. I felt her pain. I I felt it. Yeah. I I love the scene, uh, the Lindsay and Sam scene where she's giving him girl advice. Mm -hmm. They're just always, I really love the Lindsay Sam scenes. Again, Another thing the show does beautifully, they don't hate each other. It's not like it, they don't look – the show doesn't look – and this is why it was an unsuccessful broadcast show. It doesn't look for conflict. It actually sort of tries to find reasonable things that that can bump up against people. But it's like it's not looking for the brother-sister sort of divide. They're it looking, also doesn't do the saccharine thing. Yes. Which would have sucked. Yeah. Exactly. I, the first question she asked was – Oh, were you nervous? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is a good first question. Actually, yeah. she doesn't like, she was like, she doesn't like, oh, you did that, you know, like what an older person, like an older, yeah. older sibling yeah. would do. And it was yeah. like, oh my God, she like acknowledged that his things are important. Yeah. She remembers it. She empathizes with it and was just like, got right to the thing of like, were you nervous? I've been through this before. I was yeah. nervous. And it was like such a, it was that line. That was like, oh, yeah, this is a sweet brother-sister moment. When it's also like that's a beautiful through line through series, mm-hmm. which is that she's always looking out for her brother. You know, when 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 she accidentally throws that thing at him um, when they're uh, in the Halloween episode, mm-hmm. you know, she's always, you know, and, and, and when the when the freaks are always kind of looking to make fun of the geek, she's always kind of there to stick up for her brother. She really loves him. Like it's it's it is a genuine love. Um, and they do it. They do a really beautiful job. Um, I love when Sam says to Lindsay, "Was Nick smothering?" And she says, "He was so into me, he made me want to move to a different country." Yeah, <laughs> made me want to stop. And it's so smothering. I'm like, I'm a bit of a smotherer. I better stop. No, I get it. Um, yeah. I want to make the point I wanted to make. Do it. But this is a macro point. Okay, go so for I it. I wrote it down. Yeah, I've decided freaks and geeks should be everyone's favorite show. <laughs> Everyone in capital letters. <laughs> the simplicity and emotional, ri- and I, yeah. you know, I didn't feel that way in the beginning. I know of the show. you. Didn't. I was yeah. very. I, I watched it twelve years ago and liked it a lot, uh-huh. but wouldn't say it was like one of my favorite shows, which it clearly is. Um, the simplicity and emotional richness of these stories are a wonder to behold. It is really a model example of story coming from character and how having strong characters trumps everything. Yep. There is nothing. Uh, in capitals again, flashy or even, and you know how hard it is to do capitals on your phone. Yeah, so I really true. wanted you really it. Had to want it. Um, there is nothing flashy, fancy, or even exciting or surprising about the plots of this app. Yet it is so rich. You care so much. You are just so drawn in. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's it. That's my final no, it's, summation it's, on this television. I mean, it, it's show. it is. I I pretty much totally agree with you. I would say that I had similar feelings when I watched the box set back in the, you know, whenever it was in the early 2000s. I liked it. I certainly watched it. It was like a solid A minus. Solid show. I was like, look at all of these, you know, Muppet Baby versions of all these people that are going to turn into big stars. Like, it was it was a, a show that it was undeniable in the fact that it was very good. Yeah. Watching it now and doing these deep dives with everybody and just really soaking it in, 
it, it's it's a marvel. It's a real jewel of television that we should be very Becky, lucky. Is it your have. favorite yeah. show? It's now it has to be, I guess. It should be. Is what I meant. <laughs> is it one of your favorite shows? I, you know, it's funny <clears> you say <throat> that cuz like looking back like I have from the last time I watched maybe it was like 10 years ago and I have grown TV has grown. Yes, yes, yes. And so seeing that show and how good it was it, it and it's that for its time mm-hmm. is like and is astounding to me. Yes. Yeah. And um yeah, I do think it should be everyone's favorite. I I do think that everyone like should be forced to watch it. I think is basically what it comes down to. Should be forced to, I really to watch believe it. That. Yeah. Sure. No, I'm, I'm I, I I I think it should be it should be required viewing in yeah. the way that like Wizard of Oz is required viewing. I feel like, and and I'll, I'll say this too, that that anyone who wants to write in television should absolutely watch this television show because to me, how groundbreaking it was, what it was doing at the time, it's still groundbreaking. I mean, I still watch the show and I'm amazed at the stuff that they that they got away with. Like every time we watched an episode, I thought to myself, I can't believe this got on NBC. I have a slight tweak to sure. your everyone who writes television. Okay, if you want to write television. Mm-hmm. You should watch procedural television. But if I were creating a school to write to you know foster the television writing minds of tomorrow, yeah, when you when you when I do that, how much are classes? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. true. It might be. I don't know. I haven't thought about that. (laughs) Uh, But when I write my when I when I start my school, I love what I love what a guest like gets me so quickly. Um, <laughs> um, uh, it will be, it will be the text because I do think that this is the kind of, this show will, will foster the kind of writing that I'd like TV yeah. to have more of. Yes. But I don't think there's a, a lot like it. I don't think. It's true. Like, frankly, it doesn't get brought up a lot in rooms, in rooms I've been in because, um, it's hard to sell it to people. It's hard to sell these ideas to other writers and, and say well, because this, they also know how hard it'll be to sell it up. Yeah, yeah. well, because you know, there's an argument to be made that this didn't work. No, I agree. I mean, I think that when I say that that if you want to what if you want to write television, you should watch the show. I think because there are there's a subtlety and there's things you can pull from it that I think can allow. Even if it's just in, you know, a scene that you're writing, that that's what I mean. Less so in terms of pitching I'm stuff. Because I don't know. I mean, let's do the question for real. Okay. What's the one show you think you should write? You should watch if you're going to write <clears throat> television. Let's do, maybe you can do a drama and a comedy, but okay. <clears throat> um, that's a hard question because I, I think that there's there, hey man no I know I'm just I'm saying that that the, the breadth of the type of writing you're that you like want to do. Am I going to like your answer? Um, you know, you said procedural television, which I think is interesting because I do think that there is something to that. Um, I, I'm going to say Six Feet Under. Um, it's one of my favorite shows, as I've said, it might arguably be my favorite show. It has a procedural engine to it in terms of the structure and the way that each episode actually does hinge off of a death. So you do learn something off of that. And then at the same time, I think you learn how to write, hopefully, you know, good characters and I don't know. Becca, do you have one? Okay. I have one for comedy, one for drama. Mm -hmm. For drama, I say if you want to, and I'm a comedy writer, but (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like, I say if you want to like read a dr- a drama pilot to figure out how to write a drama, I think the Breaking Bad pilot oh, it's great. is one is like I always like when t- I it's always flawless. cite it. It's flawless. It's so flawless. good for comedy. Now I'm saying this because I am in the midst 
of a deep dive in this show to the point where I am dreaming in this show. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And yeah. I use it at, like, I wrote on a kid's show and I was inspired by the show, but Cheers. I think Cheers is such a good. When you're right, you're right. When yeah. You're right. yeah, it's great. It's, yeah. it's everything about the show is it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So what, what kid show do you write on? I wrote on the show Talking Tom and Friends. And it's a. Yeah, no, I've yeah. seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I so, have kids. It's, 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 oh, okay. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. We, 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 we look at Cheers and we're like, okay, like what other like goofy things, you know, cause like, you know, Hank is a uh, coach and like, you know, just like yeah. mirroring it. It was so helpful. Um, it's a perfect job. I want to just amend my answer I agree really with quickly. You. Talking Tom is amazing. Talking Tom's great. Um, on the broadcast side, if I was to suggest someone wants to write a broadcast pilot, I think the West Wing pilot is a tremendous pilot. Right. Yeah. 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 In terms <laughs> of an in media res pilot where it doesn't fucking hold anybody's hand and it just says, like, this is, these are the characters, this is the world, this is why you should love them, here are the stakes. I think it's very clean. So I'll just say that. All right. Uh, for comedy, mm-hmm. the answer is The Simpsons. Yeah. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but a f- more fun answer, <laughs> a more fun answer is maybe it's a less fun answer. Friends. Friends is, is actually a show that will, that will teach you how to write television, um, teach you how to write a joke. Um, and the other one that's coming to my head is Phineas and Ferb, which I would imagine. Phineas and Ferb is so good. I would imagine you've watched if you write. It's yeah, an, it's such a it's good show. Literally incredible. The plots mm-hmm. are so tight. Um, there's this thing that you know that, that we talk about in our writers' room about story versus plot, and basically, uh, story are the emotions you feel, and plot is what happens in the story. The emotion of Phineas and Ferb is so grounded. The stories are so insane, mm-hmm. but the emotion, that's all these great kids shows that we see now, the Adventure Times and all those have these crazy stories that are just really grounded in, in human emotion, Steven Universe, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, drama, the answer is ER. Mm. I mean, I was going to say that too. But. No, I mean, I, I haven't seen as much as you, obviously, but what I've seen and uh, after our episode with Brian Cogman. Yeah, it was, it was it something. Is, and, and something I love about ER is it's a procedural show. It's a serialized show. And it's also a show about experts. And the most underrated- Who can fail? Who can fail? Yeah. But the most underrated aspect of television is, is te- 95% of television shows, particularly dramas, are about experts. Well, that's, I remember when I, I, I was developing a, a show with CBS a couple years ago and, and literally the main thing that CBS is about is like, are they good at their job? Like they have experts. to be great at their job. Experts. If you're not you. an ex, if you're not an expert at your job, yeah. there's almost no reason to make a show about you yeah. on network television. But even if you look at like Tony Soprano is an expert at his job, right? Sure. He's an expert sure. mob guy. Yeah. Walter White is an expert. Yeah. John Hamm, uh, you know, Don Draper is an expert. That is what that show yeah. is about. They are the best in the business. Um, Vic Mackey is an expert. He is an yeah. expert gang. Uh, well, you're speaking of, of also talent to a certain degree as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there is something about that it's sort both. of scene. It's yeah. both. See, but yes. people like to Top audiences, viewers. We all like to watch things where people are very good at their thing. Which, again, to come back to Freaks and Geeks, is another reason why this show is so atypical because. It's not that people are bad at anything in this show necessarily, but they're also not particularly succeeding either. It's existing in a sort of middle ground. You shouldn't, but that's actually yeah. kind of what I'm getting at is that it's a fundamental problem with television yeah. that, that night, in my opinion, 95% of television are about people who are the best at what they do. Yep. That we're not, no one's the best at what they fucking do. I agree. Yeah. Except being podcasting, but no one is the best. <laughs> at- yeah. It's <laughs> kind of like, like, okay, Mission Impossible movies, great mm-hmm. fun. 
but Kenny doesn't like them, but I do. But here's the, for someone else. Here's the thing. All, all those movies are, we're just watching a guy good at his job. Yeah. yeah. Like that's it. And it's yeah. like, I want to, I want to see that guy. I want to see Tom Cruise like mess up and make a mistake. Watch Vanilla Sky. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of fucking up in that I movie. I love when, I love when people in action movies mess up and make a mistake. Yeah. I want them to be stupid and mean mm-hmm. yeah. and, and. Well, I want, like, I think we yeah. want to see their humanity. I mean, that's right. part of the, like, we've talked about this a little bit in the past and certainly within the conscious of freaks and geeks, but you know, when you have broadcast heroes, they're not allowed to fail really. Mm-hmm. They're, they always have to win the day. It needs to be victory, 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 which is boring like it's just it's or or at the very least it's it's less engaging to me mm-hmm. i understand that people want to turn their brain off and watch an episode of whatever the fuck show they're watching that's fine and you want people to be clever i guess sure that, but but also like they have to fail once in a while like if they don't then they just feel like teflon and i'm not really sure why i'm supposed to care but yeah, yeah it was a great show. great show great show to watch yeah and um yeah that's that's the one but breaking bad pilot i also i if I'm writing a serious pilot, I usually read the Mad Men pilot before too. I mm-hmm. think it's tremendous. So yeah. good. Yeah. So um, what do you think your favorite episode of Freaks and Geeks was if you were to, oh, you were to guess? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, it was the episode you guys covered with Millie and the and when they hit the dog. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. sure. Dead dogs and, and um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. I think that one was my favorite. It's a very good one. Yeah. <laughs> there, I mean, we, we've, yeah, that we... Was, that was on my list too. That was like number three on my list. Uh, they're all great. Mm-hmm. But it, some it's, are, better, it, than some are better than others. But I do think it's um, it, it's yeah. Th- this episode in particular, um, just to just sort of come full circle. But I I really do that scene between Vicky and Bill um, just resonated with me on so many levels, and I just I, I'm I'm so thrilled that that exists. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's just and that this show exists. But yeah, I mean, I I really um I think that. That to me is a perfect encapsulation of what this show does so well, um, of just of of allowing you to see people being human and fallible and, and and a little bit broken or at least scared and giving them a win, even mm-hmm. if it feels like a small win. I mean, it's it's like in the pilot when Sam gets to dance with Cindy for the first time, but then the song speeds up and he doesn't know how to dance anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he's getting a win, but it's with like an asterisk. <laughs> and I think that that's sort of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, thank you so much for being here. This Becky. was so much fun. <laughs> will you please come back for a movie or oh something? Oh my god, else? I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Don't need to ask uh, me. I will twice. send you the list, and we'll we'll find something else Yay! to come on for. Yay! Very cool. Is there anything that you want to? Are there things you're working on? Uh, yeah, I do have a podcast. It's called Too Stupid to Live. Uh, I review romance novels five dollars and under with a guest. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds incredible. If you, if you guys yeah, ever want to be a guest, guest yeah. You go to the you, you go to the store and buy these romance novels. No, I uh, buy them off of uh, Amazon Kindle. They're digital. I call it, I, guys. How long are these books generally? They're books length. <laughs> have you? Uh, this is the best podcast. Ever. Have you? Uh, have you read ones you like? Oh yeah, they're all. I like every single romance I read. They're all really good. I mean, well, hang on. <laughs> I mean, okay. No, actually, no. I'm serious. Like all of that. Like a lot of the guests that I have on who are like romance they read it and they hands down love it like n- like 10 times out of, well nine times out of 10 because recently i we had uh, we read dinosaur porn but like that's not how that to, doesn't feel like romance that it was erotica i also review erotica but um on on mike yeah cool yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'd be down for romance i, I be, be down like for i feel like erotica <laughs> <laughs> 
it was it was weird. It was weird. The, like dinosaur erotica was like is like has been making the rounds in like the no erotic market, and yeah. so I was like, oh, let's review it. Just afraid I'd like it too much. That's what happened, and. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why. <laughs> that's why we just shut it down. Yeah, that's why. Right, that's, it a fun, that's a funny episode of a show. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really funny. Yeah, yeah I would. Mm-hmm. So too stupid to live. Too stupid you to can live. Hear it on any of the regular or, podcasts. Yep, places. all on all the platforms. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Such a good title. That for sounds podcast. fantastic. Yay. I absolutely want to come on. Oh my god! Yay! Wants. Yeah. So I will. Uh, I'll shoot you the list. You can come back. It'll be great. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for being here. All right. Thank yep, you. Thank you. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.